So we, we are back on location where it all started, where it all began, um, not five months ago when we started filming here in, in the living room, but back in 2016, uh, before we had weekly services at the Dahlia campus, we met as a house church here in our living room. So we're, we're back bringing it, bringing it fresh, bringing it live from the living room. Now, there was a period of about six years when I was first out of college where my main ministry was to, to youth, to kids, and, and mostly elementary students. And we had a very diverse ministry to kids, uh, not, not unlike the, the Hills Church. And we had a midweek program where we'd, we'd bus kids in, some kids from a trailer park, some kids uh, from, from low-income housing, and other kids were from families from middle and upper class. And, and so we'd, we'd get them together, typically about 70 to 80 kids on, on Wednesday nights. And my observation in those six years is that, was that parents had a profound impact on writing the script, on writing the script for their kids' lives. And it, it cut across social, economic, and racial barriers, the power of parents and the words that they spoke to write the script for their kids and then the script by which the kids would come to, to live by. And, and some scripts were helpful. Others, not so much. And I remember this one family in particular, and this mom was just always belittling her, her son, talking about how he was no good. I mean, just elementary, how if he, you know, if you keep that up, you're going to end up in prison. You're not going to amount to anything. And, and I got to, to know this, uh, this kid a little bit, and he was just a, a normal, rambunctious boy. Like, there, there was nothing, like, where I was like, oh, man, this is like a, a troubled youth or anything like that. And, and I remember I was visiting him at their, their house one time, and, uh, and, and the mom was sharing concerns with me about... Um, about her, her son's behavior and this path he was on. And, and, and I, I told her, I remember telling her, I was like, if you keep telling him that he's going to end up in prison, he is going to end up in prison. Like she was writing this, this script and, and she was kind of shocked at my words, but I was like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to, to help your son. And uh, parents just have this profound power to write the script by which their kids live. And, and even as adults, we have a script to our lives. We have a script that we, we live by. We have a script that maybe it came from a parent or parents, uh, maybe not. And sometimes as we get older, we, we change the, the script. Um, sometimes it's a script that we give to our, ourselves. And, uh, and some of us are more aware of this script than others. And, and we're trying to, to edit the, the script. Um, and so I wonder how many of us are, are living by a script that was given to us or that we created that is not healthy. It's not healthy. Maybe it's a, a script that's, that's written with disappointment. Like, you, just, you, you see your life as, as a disappointment. Like, things haven't turned out like you thought they, they would at this point in, in your life. Uh, maybe your script is one of failure. Maybe as a parent, you have kids who are, um, you know, teenagers or they're older, adults, and, and, and you're not in a good relationship with them. And so your script is, is filled with thoughts of failure or failure as a friend or, or failure even at work or, or in your work. And, or maybe your script is one of just never enough. Like you are never enough. You're never good enough. There's all these, these scripts and, and, and un. And most of the time, 
they're unwritten scripts, things that, that begin to determine how we live. And uh, Now, last week, we started looking at this letter in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul, he writes to some Christians in, in Philippi, and the letter has come to be known as Philippians. In the same way, if he was writing to, to Mississippi, we'd probably call it Mississippians. And so we have uh, the book of Philippians. Uh, now, the Philippians, they were not perfect. I mean, no Jesus follower is. No, no church is perfect. No leader is perfect. Um, but Paul's letter, in this letter, and as he writes to him, you can tell he has this profound love for them. They had some shared struggle. They had a shared story. They had a shared ministry. And it was, as we see, we'll see as we get further into the letter, and scholars even sometimes categorize this letter as a, a letter of friendship because Paul knew these people. And, and so just a remind just a little bit more about uh, Philippi and the type of people who live there. Philippi was an urban uh, political center in what is today Greece. And the church was made up of, of Greeks, Romans, and, and Jews. Uh, in fact, we know some of the people by name. Because of later in, in this letter, Paul names some of them. We also know some of them by name from what we read in Acts chapter 16. It, it, Acts 16 tells the, the story of Paul's first visit to the Philippians, to Philippi. Uh, and when Paul visits Philippi, I mean, he encounters several people, several people who, who come to, to faith, to come to Christ. One is Lydia. Lydia is a merchant. Uh, and we think she's pretty well-to-do because after she comes to faith, Paul and his traveling companions go in and stay with her for a period of time. It could have been weeks or months. And, um, and so she probably had like a large estate, possibly. Uh, but she, she came to, to faith. There was a jailer who, who came to faith, and his, his entire household came to faith, and probably his slaves as well. And, and so uh, you have this jailer. And then there's a, a young slave girl in Acts chapter 16 who is... is Scripture says she's full of evil, evil spirits, and, and this, she's delivered from the evil spirits by, by Paul, cast out the evil spirit in the name of Jesus, and she comes to her right mind. And we're not told if she, she joins the, the church or not, but I can just with a bit of creative imagination, a little liberty, would, would think that she probably joined the church. And, and if not her, uh, just about every, every church, every house church, had slaves that were part of the, uh, those churches. And so you had uh, people like Lydia, well-off, well-to-do. You had slaves in, in the church. You had Romans, Greek, different cultures coming together. Uh, he's writing to diverse, Paul's writing to just a diverse group of people who all have their own script. They all have their own story that they're living. And, and here's what, what Paul says in Philippians 1, verse 1. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we took some time to look at this introduction last week, the, the grace and peace part of it. But I want to step back just for a moment, because, uh, you know, if you've, you've read through these letters in the New Testament, it, we just kind of go through it without giving it much, much thought sometimes, these, these introductions. Uh, but I want us to, to think about what Paul calls them. He says, all God's holy people in Christ Jesus. All God's 
holy people in Christ Jesus. Other, other versions say to all the saints. Uh, if you're reading a Spanish version, it says uh, a todos los santos. So you hear the word saint in, in there. And in this, this word saints, this was a, uh, a pretty common designation for the covenant people of God. Now, I think the term saints in, in 2020 is probably not the best word for us to use because it just has so much baggage as, as a word uh, and, and connotations and meanings that it, it didn't have in the New Testament. So, for example, when we call Paul, now we call him St. Paul, or we call Peter St. Peter. Like that was not the, the intended use of saint. That's not what these early writers meant. And so I think the translation holy people is best for us. And that's, that's what I'll, I'll use today. So, I mean, so talk about rewriting the script. Those who are in Christ are God's holy people. The, the Lydia's of the church, the, the jailers of the church, the, the slave in, in the church. And I just want to unpack for a moment why Paul uses this term. And, and this, this phrase, holy people, goes back to the Old Testament. In fact, uh, back to the Exodus when God delivers the people out of Egypt and, and he calls Moses up onto the mountaintop. God says to Moses in Exodus 19, 6, he says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, a holy people. Um, and so God has called them to be a people that's were consecrated to him, and this language is used throughout the Old Testament. It's even used in, in Daniel, who is who's having this vision of the end of days. Like the, the end is coming, and God is wrapping things up. In Daniel 7, 18, there's this, this angel figure who speaks to Daniel and says, But the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. The holy people... Uh, and so at, at the end, it's God's holy people who, uh, who get God's kingdom, his, his inheritance. And, um, and so to, to stop and just think about that for a moment, that in the New Testament, that we, we have become the people of God through Christ. We have become the people of God through Christ. We are the ones now who receive that eternal inheritance. Um, and so when Paul calls them God's holy people, he is describing who they already are. Like that, this is who you are. And, and he's describing who they will become. God's holy people. And so we are, we are God's people. And because of that fact, we are a holy people. We have been set apart by the Holy Spirit for God's purposes. We are those who are to make known the very character of God in the world. And so don't let the, the, the term saint confuse you. It doesn't mean that, that our moral character is perfect and that we don't mess up, but it does mean that you, you, you have been set apart by God himself to a high and holy calling. You have been, you have been called by God himself to a high and holy calling. You, single parent, who this week was trying to juggle kids at home, work, leaving kids at home, leaving kids with neighbors, leaving kids with, with grandma, you have been called to a high and holy calling. You married man or woman who, who feels alone in your marriage. You have been called 
to a high and holy calling. You working adult who, because of the pandemic, you aren't working, you're on unemployment. You have been called to a high and holy calling. You, sir, who are, who is reaping the, the effects of poor choices when you were younger. Like, like those poor choices, like it just keeps following you and following you. You have been called to a high calling in Christ Jesus. You, ma'am, who can't seem to find a man worth two cents. You know what I'm talking about? You have been called to a high calling in Christ Jesus. You, a young person, teenager, who you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life, um, what college you're going to go to, you, young child, whose parents have been writing a script for you that is anything but holy. You are part of God's holy people. You have been set apart by the cross of Jesus for a high and holy calling. And, and Paul had no problem calling these Christians holy people, even though they were, they were imperfect women and men among them who still needed encouragement. They still needed instruction. In fact, they needed encouragement, so Paul wrote them a letter. It wasn't like they had yet attained, but they had been called God's holy people. And when I stop to consider this, like, it is, it's liberating. Like, to know that, that that is my script, that is my story, that I right now, in Christ, I belong to God's holy people. Like, I mean, you can just throw all the other scripts out the window. I mean, you think of the current state of our country, current state of politics, and I, man, I feel like a political orphan. Like I have no political home, and if I vote for this person, then like I'm compromising these things, and if I vote for this person, I'm compromising these things, and I'm a political orphan. But then when I stop back, like think I am not without a people. I am not without it because I am part of, of God's people. I am not relationally orphaned, uh, not at all, not at all. So what what script? Like if I, you know, if you if you were to put your your life on a, on a script, like what, what script have you been, been reading? Like what script have you been uh, living your life by? I just want to en- encourage you today that in Christ, you are part of God's holy people. And that, that old script, you don't have to live by that anymore. In fact, it's time to, to flip the script. I mean, you can go ahead and just tear, tear up the script, throw it out, you have a new script. You have a new calling in Christ Jesus. I mean, I'm, I'm almost about to preach just a, a, a little bit. Come on, someone in the back. You can. Um, now, so on the one hand, it, it's liberating to know that I'm part of God's holy people. On the other hand, that comes with a bit of a, a charge, a, a bit of a... Um, a, a, motiv- a motivation, so to speak, to continue to offer more and more allegiance to King Jesus, more and more of myself. And Paul, he's going to continue to, to do that to the Philippians in this letter. We're going to see as we come to him in coming weeks, but Philippians 1 verse 10, he says, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. 
Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Do everything without grumbling. I'm not preaching on that one today, so you can take a deep breath. We'll get there in a, in a couple weeks. Uh, but then he, he goes on to say, don't grumble, don't argue, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. And so going back to the Old Testament again, the, the, the calling to be God's holy people was one of consecration and also one where they were to make or to be subject to Yahweh, to God himself. And it, it may be that as we identify with Christ, as we give our allegiance to him, that King Jesus may make demands on our life. Even demands that where we'll have to, to put our own self aside to follow King Jesus because we are God's holy people. And so do our lives reflect the character of God? Does your life today, does your life this past week, you look back, think about the encounters you, you had and the exchanges you had maybe with someone in your own house or a coworker? Does your life reflect the character of God? Is, your, is the life of God being made known through your life, God's holy people? It is who we are already, and it is who we are becoming. But the good news is that we don't become holy on our own. Because the verse goes on to say, we are God's holy people, where? In Christ Jesus. Jesus is the one who is, is responsible for bringing us in, into the people of God, by his death, resurrection. He is the one who, who makes us holy. And, and so as I can conclude, we're going to wrap this up this morning, all God's holy people in Christ Jesus. If we were, if we're meeting together today, I would take a moment and pause, and I'd tell you to look around the room and see everybody who was there. And I would, I would challenge you to see them as being God's holy people. And so, so you could even, even take a moment, and Najee, if you want to go ahead and, and come back up, um, to begin to maybe in your mind picture different people who you know follow Jesus. Imagine some friends are going to come to mind, and, and then maybe some people that, that you don't like, you know, begin to, to picture them as well. Um, people who look like you, maybe p- people who, who don't look like you. Um, people who have more than you, people who have less than you, all God's holy people. It's not just your script. It's our script. It's the script of all those who are in Christ Jesus. And that, there's all kinds of ramifications right there that we're not going to go into this morning, but I want, I want to encourage you this, that the script that, that you've been living it's not a script that you have to continue living by. You can't. So, so here's the thing. When we take on a new script, it, sometimes it takes a while to learn the script. So you might have been following Jesus for a while, still living by the old script, because you, you have to get into character, so to speak. You have to get into the character of God, into this new script, this new identity as God's holy people. And if you're joined us today online, maybe a family member invited you or you saw us on social media and it just happened to, to click on the video, see what what's crazy people at the Hills Church are, are all about. And as we're speaking about Jesus and um, 
but you, you have never given your allegiance to Jesus. You have never put your trust in Jesus. I just want you to know that Jesus lived the life you should have lived. He was perfect. But then he died the death that you should have died for, for your sins so that we can be reconciled to God. And we'd love to take that step with you, that first step in following Jesus. And so you can do that today. If you would uh, just follow the link in the comments there, uh, it'll, it'll get some information to me and I will reach out to you this week and help you take that first step in saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. So do you need a, a new script? You need to throw out the old script. Today is a day for you. So let me pray. Father, I pray that we begin to live our lives by the script that you have laid out for us in Scripture. God, I thank you that you have have called us to, to be your holy people. To, to be the people who reflect your character in the world, to be your, your people who bring the, the life of God into our city, into our neighborhood, into our families. And I pray that you'd help us to, to change the script that we're telling ourselves, the, 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 the lies that we're believing about ourselves, and we'd believe what your word says about us. Help us to flip the script, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen, amen.